G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Sometimes we expect God to show up with a miracle in our lives, kind of like a pizza delivery man at the front door. But God, well, sometimes He has a different plan. Sometimes He wants us to grow the sort of faith that's going to blow a hole in the roof. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take a look at faith and miracles from a different perspective. And please do stick with me because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet. It's called Five Ways to Overcome Fear. See, I'd love to send you a free copy to help you live in the peace and the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. Never ceases to amaze me how different God's ways are from our own. See, when I want something from God, when I go to Him and pray and ask Him for something, I kind of expect Him not just to say yes each and every time, but I expect Him to deliver me the answer on a platter. I kind of imagine that it's like when I ring up to order a pizza home delivery and the little man shows up on his motorbike and delivers it to my front door. I mean, isn't that how it should be? Isn't that how we expect that God should operate? come putting along on his little motorbike and knock on our doors and say, here it is, just sign here. Now, I know that sounds a little crazy, but the truth be known, that's how we expect God to operate. I mean, why wouldn't he? He's our dad. He loves us. Surely he wants to bless us. But then again, I'm a dad too, and there's one thing for certain. I have never delivered breakfast in bed to any of my children because, A, I wanted them to learn how to be responsible and to get up out of bed for themselves and get breakfast for themselves, and B, in any case, I'm their father, and they should be delivering breakfast for me in bed. I'll do the things they can't do for themselves. I'll help them, and I'll encourage them, and I'll discipline them, but they need to learn to do the things that they have to do. And on top of that... I, as a dad, will sometimes put them under pressure or set them tasks that are difficult because unless I do that, where are they going to learn that stuff from? So why is it that we would somehow imagine that God would be any different? Why do we imagine that he'd be in the business of delivering breakfast in bed or pizza to the front door? I'll tell you why. Because we have a consumer mentality. We, we live in a me-centred world. God is supposed to dance to my tune, and that's an attitude that we can take into our expectations about miracles. This week, we're doing a series called I Need a Miracle. But I want us to get realistic about this whole miracle thing. On the one hand, sometimes we imagine that God wouldn't ever do a miracle for me. Hopefully, we've dealt with that earlier in the week, because that's a load of rubbish. God is a miracle-working God. He was 2,000 years ago, he still is today, and nothing's changed. But on the other hand, we can get this spiritual couch potato view of the world and expect miracles to be easy. But I have to tell you, my experience is, sure, some miracles from God are easy, but some are a long time in coming and take a lot of perseverance and trust through difficult times before they actually happen. 
And that bit kind of jars with our sugar daddy view of what God should be and how he should deliver miracles. So today I want to share with you a story that could well be familiar to you. It's the story of a miracle. And yet it wasn't an easy one. It took quite some effort. Let's take a look. It comes from Mark's Gospel, Chapter 2. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in the front of the door, and he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralysed man carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? What a blasphemy! Who can forgive sins but God? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions amongst themselves, and he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And the man stood up, and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Now it's easy to skim over this and say, Oh yeah, you know, this is just Jesus doing another one of his miracles. But here were these people, four of them carrying this one man, Let's take a look at this miracle from their perspective. This man who couldn't walk. Now, that was a big deal in those days. Not just that he couldn't walk, but he couldn't earn any money. He was a burden on his family. There were no social security checks arriving in the mail every two weeks. So it was a big deal not being able to walk. Now, they hear that Jesus is coming to town. I remember when I was a kid when the Beatles came to town and and I was watching them on the old black and white TV and the crowds were cheering and pushing, each one of them hoping to get a glimpse. The idea that anyone could even ever get close to the Beatles, well, that was beyond imagination. It's like when Jesus came to town. So these, these four friends saw an opportunity for healing. They heard about Jesus and his miracles. So they arrived carrying their friend on a stretcher, only to be confronted by crowds. They couldn't move. They couldn't get near Jesus. Their hearts sank. The the disappointment would have been overwhelming. They were human. Do you think they're any different to you or to me? Now, how easy would it have been to give up dejected? How easy would it have been to think, oh, well, if Jesus had meant for our friend to be healed, he would have come out or something, or he would have been easy to get at. Or Instead, they stood there and they thought to themselves, we are going to get this miracle. We are not going to give up this easily. We're here now, and we're going for it. Now, what's another way to skin this cat? Oh, I know, says one of them. Why don't we rip a hole in the roof? Let's climb up there with our friend on the stretcher, lift the tiles off the roof, and then knock a whacking great hole in Jesus' roof. I mean, he's only the son of God. Why, Why not? Do you see how audacious their faith was? Not some pizza delivery model but a faith that went hard after God himself, a faith that was prepared to claw through clay baked dry and hard with the bare hands to get this miracle, a faith that was prepared to blow a hole in the roof. 
And Jesus, he didn't care that they'd knocked a hole in the roof. Someone could fix that later. He was blown away by their faith. Do you see how different God is to us? And they got their miracle. Not only did they get their miracle, but the crowds and the religious leaders received a lesson that day about who Jesus really is. Wake up. It is time for us to realise that, that our faith is like a muscle. And God knows that unless we use our muscles, they have a way of getting weak and flabby and giving up altogether. God is a great dad. And you see, he's like any dad. He looks at us and, and he wants us to grow and to be strong and to develop. And so he is going to let us go through things so that we can learn to use our faith, to, to strengthen our faith. To, to look at Jesus and to follow hard after him and develop the sort of faith that's prepared to knock a hole in the roof to get to him. And then, you know, when God's got us in that place, when, when that muscle of faith is growing, then just watch the miracles start to flow. doesn't always go the way we planned or hoped. And those difficult times can be fearful times. We each go through patches where we're gripped with fear and some people, even those who believe in Jesus, sad to say, live with chronic fear. Wherever you're at in your life, I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Five Ways to Overcome Fear and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live in the peace and the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. You can request your free copy of this booklet right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.